Welcome to the Indie Brand Builder Podcast, where successful entrepreneurs and industry experts get real about what it takes to build a seven-figure product brand with your host, Jeremy Robinson. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Robinson. Welcome to Indie Brand Builder, where creative entrepreneurs and product designers are building successful, purpose-driven businesses so that they can accomplish their financial dreams while making a difference in the world. Be sure to check out IndieBrandBuilder.com and subscribe for updates. So today we're going to be talking with an Indie Brand Builder who really impressed me with the clarity and the simplicity of their brand vision. Despite having no footwear or even product business experience, Will Leonard and his mother Victoria started Blue Kicks with the simple idea of creating a better travel and vacation shoe. Inspired by some fish that they encountered on a family trip to Hawaii, Will and Victoria began producing an ocean-themed line of colorful slip-ons that featured original fish artwork and very cool laid-back designs. Now, the Blue Kicks collection has grown to include some loafers and chukkas, but they retain the casual, classic style of the original sneakers while giving them a line of products that they can now sell year-round. I first read about Blue Kicks on the Shopify blog, and I was really impressed by well, the products, but also the social mission. Uh, Blue Kicks donates a portion of every sale to ocean-related causes. And ultimately, the strength of the brand that they created. The photos were great. There was a clear focus to the brand. And there was a really strong narrative that immediately communicated what the Blue Kicks brand was all about. I recently connected with Will, the co-founder of Blue Kicks, who spoke to me from their headquarters in San Francisco. So welcome uh, to the Indie Brand Builder podcast. Today we have Will Leonard from Blue Kicks. Uh, Welcome, Will. Thanks for having me. Really found your brand online, love the products that you're producing and love the focus of the brand. Can you tell us a little bit really about the genesis or the inspiration for the idea and maybe just walk us through the the history of the brand uh, so far? Okay, cool. Um, So brand, the kind of idea of our original product came about on a family trip to Hawaii. Um, My mom, who is still in the business, is our creative director saw a fish on a boat and hand-painted a sneaker that kind of took on the patterns of the fish. So as bizarre as this, uh, this <laughs> seems, it kind of sparked an idea um, in both our heads that, you know, maybe we could make a shoe that kind of had a connection to the environment. And, you know, at the time, Crocs and black flip-flops were really big on the beach. So we thought, you know, here's something colorful. It has a connection to a place. Um, and maybe we can kind of take on you know, a better vacation shoe, a better travel shoe. So that was idea stage, which was now, God, that was in 2009. So we spent about two to three years trying to actually make this product beyond just kind of hand painting shoes. So through that process, you know, figuring out, you know, we had none of us, neither of us had any experience in footwear. So it was kind of, okay, what are we going to do to make this shoe functional? What type of characteristics is it going to have to kind of make it stand out? Relative, relative to you know our competition at the time, and then we ended up launching in 2012, basically, and you know from there, you know the product, the original product we had literally had fish design, you know graphic on the top, which it was just it was just was a two, single product initially, or it was two products initially. So we had we had our humu humu nuku nuku apuaa style, which was the Hawaiian inspired inspired uh, shoe, and then we had a second style that was inspired by the whale shark. Um, so they were super colorful, super crazy. I thought they were super cool. And 
you know, we sold a bunch to friends and family, but um, in terms of like building enough of a product line to really have a full brand, um, we obviously needed to, you know, make more styles and kind of have a wider range mm-hmm. of, uh, of offerings. So that kind of brought up the idea of like, how do we keep this original inspiration in mind as we kind of build out a brand versus just make a product? So all of our products now have this outsole that um, features original artwork that kind of hints to our ocean inspiration. And then we give a dollar for every pair of shoes to different related, you know, ocean related charities. So that was kind of how we started to infuse like the bigger brand and bigger product line with this, you know, the original inspiration in terms of other major landmarks, you know, we've had a ton of, you know, sales successes and getting into different retailers and stuff, but I would say those first three years of figuring out what the product was going to be about and what types of like functional characteristics it had has really guided us, you know, as we've introduced new colors and new styles and all that stuff. Right. Um, now, yeah. you guys have, I, you guys have also done some, are doing some retailing yourself now. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we start, when we started out, like I said, we had a pretty small product line. We went to a trade show and we got pretty good traction, you know, selling to retailers, I would say. As we've been doing this for longer, we've kind of wanted to grow our like direct and consumer business. So, you know, at first that was online, and then um, we've now had we found a pop up here in the Bay Area that we've been doing for almost six months now. That's been you know surprisingly successful. Our office we have a little showroom in the front, which is also function as a way to kind of meet customers. So mm-hmm. we're still not in like a full retail space in terms of you know having a you know, a big store that we've signed a long-term lease for, but um, we're trying more and more to kind of build out that direct-to-consumer side and, and having, you know, some physical locations has been super helpful in that direction. Cool. One thing I really noticed is that you've just, you've got a really, really strong brand concept and, and there's a real consistency there. Um, uh-huh. tell, tell me a little bit more about, you know, how that's uh, come to fruition and how do you maintain that vision uh, as you expand the product line? That's a good question. I mean, part of it helps is, you know, we're still a pretty small team. I mean, my mom and I are still primarily the ones who design and develop the product. So, you know, it helps that we haven't like brought in other people to help us kind of figure out, you know, what Blue Kicks is about and what the product should be. Um, you know, we're still the ones driving that. Um, so obviously it's easiest since we kind of were there for the original concept. We've been at it so long that we do have some guidelines and you know imagery and stuff that can kind of drive our creative process too in terms of like okay this is what we're about so like we can kind of refer to this as we you know think about new collections and new products and like line it up and see if it really matches up with what you know what our brand is yeah i mean i guess at the end of the day it's it's really just having a strong vision and there was a you know there's a strong dna there and you've got sort of this core team which is you and your mother so tell me a little bit more about that relationship i mean that's that's pretty <laughs> interesting i work with my wife which is not entirely uncommon, but I think working yeah. with uh, working with your parent is uh, uh, yeah. kind of an interesting situation. So tell me a little bit about the work dynamic there. Yeah, um, it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> we, when we started out, it was, uh, I mean, yeah, it takes, I think, a lot of time. Um, and, you know, through this, I've met so many people that, like, you know, have brands with their siblings or started companies with family members and stuff. And, you know, we all kind of say the same thing. It just takes an adjustment period to... Mm-hmm you know, not, uh, you know, go back to like being just like the, the mother son dynamic and try and keep it as professional as possible, which is hard. And then also, you know, outside of, of work, how do you, you know, kind of 
if you're on, like if you're with your family, I have a big family, a bunch of siblings, and they're always yelling at us to stop talking about blue kicks when we're on like family trips or just trying to turn it off sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, as we've been doing it longer, you know, as I think anything, once you start to get a little more structure in the business, it becomes a little easier to, uh, you know, to kind of like treat it more like a real thing versus just being like mom and I working on this project. So, is, you know, there a, is there a breakdown of roles? Do you find, you know, do you have complementary strengths in some way? And, and how does that work? Yeah. Um, she, I mean, she's definitely like, you know, kind of head of design and the more on the creative side. You know, I'm still super involved there, just, you know, more kind of on the production management, but mm-hmm. still, you know, being there through all those conversations. And then I take on more of like the direct sales and kind of the, you know, the marketing stuff. So, there's definitely some separation. Um, and, you know, when we hire people, it's, you know, easier to figure out, you know, what, what side of the business they're kind of focusing on. Um, and that can kind of determine who they're, you know, working with most directly. So right. um, it helps that we're different enough that we're not just doing the same thing next to each other because that may, might drive both of us crazy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found the same thing. It's just, it's the fact that I think my wife and I fortunately do have complementary skill sets and, and yeah. Um, and she was the founder of the company, so you know she really drives a, a lot of the product uh, direction. And I, like yourself, am more involved in the marketing and some of the technology, and, and really more yeah. like sort of structuring the business. Um, exactly. Getting getting into the marketing stuff, can you tell me, you know, what's been the key to really successfully marketing your products? And you know, there's a couple of things. Obviously, the big thing for us has just been like investing in, you know, good photography and content to kind of back up the product. Right. Um, so, you know, treating, I kind of think of it as like treating the product with respect. So you spend all this time designing something and you, you know, you want to give it, you know, the respect it deserves by, you know, photographing a well, coming up with a concept that helps you kind of tell the brand story and tell the product story in terms of just like direct sales, you know, PR outreach has always been our biggest driver of sales. So that's literally just me um, or someone else on our team, you know, trying to send product to bloggers, online editors, offline editors, anyone who might be interested, who kind of fits our, our niche. And that's been a big driver of sales for us. Kind of all the typical online marketing stuff, you know, we have that up and rolling. You know, we do some Facebook ads, we do some retargeting, we do, you know, our newsletter is one of our biggest, uh, you know, points of success with our online marketing. You know, the big thing, and I try and think, and this helps, again, having kind of a small team, it helps to think about it this way. But for us, like we try and think about the marketing from the whole process of product development. So instead of like, okay, we're going to make a product and then, okay, here's what's coming in for spring and now let's figure out how to market it. We kind of try and think about it like, okay, we're going to design this new collection. Where does that fit in with the bigger story of the brand? You know, how is that different from what we've done? How is it kind of similar to what we've been doing? Um, who might be interested in this? What's a good outlet? What's a good region for this? Um, and trying to make it part of like the holistic process has helped has helped us too. I know that's a little more nebulous than like you no, know no, get that's good great, press. Great but. insight, and it's actually good 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 takeaway for me. Um, one of the other things that I, I relate to is you know we don't have a huge we're we're fairly tightly focused uh, line as well um, as mm-hmm. you are. Um, though I notice you guys are, are branching out beyond sort of the, your traditional design now. And, yeah, uh, they look great by the way. Um, Thank you. But. Uh, um, you know, when you don't have this sort of this constant turnover, and this is especially true yeah. in the accessories market, um, you know, you don't, fortunately, we don't have that sort of that, you know, we, gotta, we don't have to reinvent ourselves every season. But, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you come up with new things to talk about with your, your email subscribers yeah. and with your marketing? That's one of the bigger challenges I think we have, 
here for sure. We only have two seasons a year for footwear. Right. You know, we do a spring summer collection and then we do a kind of smaller fall winter collection. And yeah, it's definitely hard to figure out, you know, how if we're doing a new collection of slip-ons, for example, you know, to us it's all new and different and to a lot of our customers it's new and different, but you know, how do you make it seem how do you tell a big enough story that, you know, really makes it jump off the page versus like, oh, here's some new shoes. You know, because we're looking at it every day and somebody, even our best customers are coming to our site, I don't know, once a month maybe to see something. So it's all kind of new to them. Yeah. So for us, you know, we're lucky to a certain extent with our kind of ocean inspiration, we can kind of use place as a big thing. So, you know, each kind of collection, we try and like connect it to a certain location, which then opens up a ton of, uh, you know, potential around like storytelling and all that. And then we just try and be, you know, this is, this is weird, but, you know, we just try and be authentic. So, like, I'll say in emails, like, you know, sorry, we're late with this product launch or something. Or, like, oh, guess what? More new slip-ons and kind of, like, you know, sarcastically, um, <laughs> which I know, you know, is maybe not, like, what you're supposed to do in marketing 101. But I think our customers appreciate that, like, you know, we're honest with them and, you know, we're not, you know, acting like we're some, you know, big brand that's launching new stuff every week when we're, we're really not, you know. Yeah, yeah. A great insight. I, I really love that idea of, you know, again, developing narratives around the individual products to kind of deepen the relationship yeah. with them. And, and, and yeah, you need that. I think that's what you struggle with is that when you once people understand the brand story, you know, you've got to develop new stories. You've got to develop other things to, to you know, other Talk conversations about. with them. And, yeah. um, you know, that's uh, that's something that I, I struggle with as well. Like we do a new line basically once a year and so occasionally we'll introduce yeah. new products. Obviously, that's noteworthy. But, you know, there's only so many times we can we can only introduce that stuff once. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So blogging um, I mean, content. I, think, I mean, you guys have done a great job with that. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah I strongly suggest anyone listening check out um, bluekicks.com and it's blukicks.com. Uh, beautiful website. And yeah, the photography, is, as Will spoke to, is, yeah. is really uh, top notch. And yeah, and there's a real consistency and brand vision there. So for anybody um, who feels like they need to up their branding, it's a really great case study here. <laughs> really owns their brand and, and it keeps it tight and consistent. So cool. Can you talk, uh, Will, maybe about the whole product development process, like from, you know, yeah. from like conception, you know, through to the manufacturing, through to the launch? You, you alluded to that earlier, but maybe just in a, a little more detail. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, we kind of, uh, you know, we basically have targeted release dates, right? So we know, okay, we want to have spring come at this point, let's say. And then we work backwards from there. You know, we've, we've worked with our factory long enough now that we kind of know the deadlines for everything. Um, so, you know, you backtrack, okay, first round sample has to come at this date. We need to be approved by this date or, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, that kind of gives us, okay, we need to have a pretty good idea of what the collection is, you know, by you know, let's say eight months before it comes out to market and probably 10 ideally. But the first stage of product development is super broad usually. And this is kind of the hardest point to figure out, okay, you know, what's something new we're going to do this next? year? Yeah. What's the new material? You know, what's kind of a cool story we can tell? You know, is there a partnership we can find that we can work with another cool, you know, artist or, you know, or something that, that can kind of influence parts of the line? And then, you know, we try and do as much work, and this is something we are continuing to try and be better at, but try and do as much work up front to, you know, solidify what we envision the full line being before we, you know, start to engage our production partners. Just because, like, it helps a lot to, you know, have some pretty detailed idea of what you're looking for before you start making samples and going down that road. So, 
basically we try and get everything into you know an Illustrator file or a PDF and send it off and say, okay, this is what we want the collection to be. Let's start working on samples. And then, you know, the sample process is usually two to three rounds of okay, this didn't really work, or this kind of works, but we need to change the material, or you know, the print on this is off. And then that process, you know, in perfect world is fairly quick. The reality is it often takes a lot longer and there's more changes than we anticipate always. But, mm-hmm. you know, footwear lead time tends to be um, a little longer than apparel too. So, you know, if we're trying to get the product in hand in February, let's say, we usually have to kind of be finalized by, you know, October, November to get going. So that's kind of the pride. And then once it arrives, you know, we ship it to Oakland and get it delivered to our warehouse in San Francisco and start sending it out to stores and customers. Right. So do you, you use a, a third party warehouse uh, to, for fulfillment? Is that correct? Or? No, we don't. We're, we're, we're going to be moving to something like that fairly soon. Um, but this, we, we still, you still fulfill your we, orders. We, yeah. We do. Yeah. It's crazy, but we do. I'm sitting around our office is in the same space as our warehouse in the same space as our showroom. It's an old nail salon. It's just one massive room. So, (laughs) you know, there's like boxes everywhere and, you know, people, um, everyone starts to get here around 11 to start shipping stuff out. So, um, we'd like to move to outsourcing at least part of it in the next 12 months, but for right now we've been doing ourselves. That's a phase everyone goes through. Tell us a little bit, um, Will, about your typical work day like what you know how do you manage the various aspects of the business and how do you allocate your time typically yeah typical day i tend to get in the office around 8 39 i try and do kind of like what i call like the easy to check off tasks in the morning just to kind of you know that would be like responding emails checking in with any retailers calls things that are kind of can start and finish um i try and do that kind of first thing and then the kind of two big buckets that I leave open ideally, you know, sometimes for the afternoon, but just whenever I can, there's kind of two things. One is product development. So, you know, meeting with, you know, my mom or talking to the factory or, you know, working with one of our tech designers to, you know, get that stuff finished or whatever stage it's on. And then the second tier would be on the marketing side. So, you know, that is like, you know, newsletters, updating our website, if there's any, you know, future events, store-related things, you know, I do go to our pop-up shop a fair amount. So checking in there. But those are kind of the two tracks that I'm always kind of balancing is like product development and then marketing and sales, which is, I imagine, fairly typical. What have you found is most successful in terms of, you know, getting, getting your stuff into retail? For me, at this point, I have enough relationships where I can mostly email people. Right. And I think it's changing so much. I mean, we did go to some trade shows and we still do. And that helps a lot, even if, you know, you don't get a direct order out of there, just in terms of meeting people and getting your name out and having people recognize you. Around San Francisco, I will still go into stores and, you know, just walk in with a bag of shoes and talk to buyers. So I still do that. That tends to, that can move the ball forward a little faster, but... That's you great. know, honestly, it's at I this love that. point, yeah. That's I the know, way we started. Like, I mean, literally just walking really? to places around the corner and uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, um, cool. And I mean, trade been, shows, yeah, yeah, trade shows have been has been key for us as well. So um, yeah, you know, there's, I mean, there's, trade shows are like it's it's tough to get. I mean, they're expensive and yeah. they take a lot of time and effort. But I mean, it's just hard to get that many buyers in one place to look at your product. And even if they don't even like spend more than two minutes at your booth, that's just more than you're going to get you know, by sending an email, I would say. So, yeah. 
Um, it's a tough, tough drug to kick the trade show, trade show circuit, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I do find, though, that, you know, with, with some consistency, if you start going to the same place, you know, for a couple of years yeah, in a row, totally. you start to become, you know, part of the landscape then. Um, it's also just yeah. a great place to get ideas from, you know, what's going on uh, in the broader yeah. industry. But yeah, I agree. You know, you know we, we've had, it's been hit and miss for us. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I have a we have a whole podcast ep- episode on that, but, uh, uh, but oh, we really? do continue to yeah. attend some some trade shows that we found are yeah. good. Yeah, I mean they're great, they're fun, and yeah, like it's super fun to meet other brands, even if you know just like meet other people who are at similar stages. Um, they're great. It's just yeah, trying to figure out how to balance that, like the cost of them versus what you're you know really getting out of them is is always the challenge. You know, like us, you you guys really came into this with no no experience in, in the specific niche that you're in, or even in our case, like we didn't, we didn't have any consumer product experience. What's been yeah. your biggest area of personal growth through the, through all this? A couple of things. I mean, I think the big one is just like kind of keep moving forward for me has been big. So, you know, when you're doing something new experience or not, you know, you're just going to face a ton of setbacks and challenges just because of what you're trying to build. And I think, when I was starting out, it was easy to kind of be like trying to analyze, okay, why didn't that work, you know, and, and kind of over focus on it versus I think as we've been doing this longer, I think I've realized that just a big part of this is just like keep moving essentially, right? So, mm. you know, you could send, you know, 20 emails, you don't get a response, but then in six months, somebody writes you back that ends up being like the number one target on the list, right? So you just kind of have to keep doing stuff, I think. Um, so staying in and, action, basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I know it sometimes can be confusing what action should should you be doing, but, um, <laughs> you know, there's enough, like you're trying to build something from scratch, right? So there's always something to do. So just do it. It's kind of been like how we've, how we've taken it on over the last couple of years is like, you know, okay, what are we going to do? Let's just, you know, let's start building out Facebook ads and see if that works. Okay. It didn't work. Let's go back to it in six months, see if it works. Okay. Let's do something else, you know? So stay moving and stay active in the business, I think is, is as important as anything else. Any specific actions or routines that you found for yourself? Uh, I mean, you described your day, but is there, are there any like sort of personal organizational things that you do mm-hmm. that, that you found have really helped? Yeah. Um, I do think you know, honestly, I'm not like the biggest morning person. So uh, starting off my day by just like getting some things done mm. has actually been um, super helpful, even if it's like more monotonous tasks, just like having a few things that you kind of check off the to-do list early in the day, I think can kind of like give you some confidence throughout the rest of the day. Because I think, you know, some of this big picture stuff that we're talking about, like, you know, planning trade shows or, you know, designing new products, you know, it's hard to necessarily see an immediate result from it. You know, it takes time to kind of start getting some progress reports on it. So having something in your day, you know, for me early in the day, it helps just to like, okay, I've done something here, you know, now I can move on to something that maybe isn't going to have a clear deliverable today. But it's just like, we've all had those days when you're like, you work all day, and you're like, what the hell did I get done today? Right? Like, so it just helps, I think, to like, have some stuff where you can be like, okay, I did bang, 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 I did that. And now let's go on to something that maybe isn't going to be that quick and easy. But at least I know, like, you know, I'm building, building up confidence throughout the day. Cool. And finally, any advice that you would have for someone who's maybe planning a, a consumer products business or is you know, just kind of at the early stages? Um, I think, I mean, this is going to be kind of sound contradictory. One is that, like, at some point you just have to go for it. I mean, I've had, you know, I know a lot of friends who started companies and, you know, some of them have taken off. Some, you know, have started new companies. They didn't take off. And I think 
the big part of it is like you can kind of analyze yourself to death to a certain point. You obviously need to research, you know, figure out what your niche is and all that stuff. But at some point, it's just going to be a leap of faith, right? So um, I think <laughs> as easy as that is for me to say at this point, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, you know, I was working another job for three years before you know, and doing this in the background before we really launched. So, you know, at some point I just had to say, okay, this is, this is the thing. I'm going to go do it now. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, and the other part is obviously you do need to spend, again, this is contradictory advice, but you do need to spend like as much time as you can just like researching how your industry works. I think um, we could have benefited from, you know, understanding more about like, you know, how footwear distribution worked in the U.S., you know, what trade shows were the shows to go to versus having to learn that kind of throughout the course of the business. It would have been better to spend more time like, okay, like, you know, what stores are we targeting before we even have a product and all that stuff, you know, as much as you can do up front, you know, that obviously saves you time and money once you're actually running the business because once you're in, you're in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as much as that may seem contradictory, I think it is sort of a yin and yang. I mean, at the end of the day, you're never going to have complete information. Uh, the flip side yeah. is, is it really does help to plan, particularly financially. I mean, I think yeah, what, I, what I've idea. seen is a lot of people have unrealistic expectations about how long it's going to take to actually launch this kind of business. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, to your point, I mean, you're working two jobs typically in the beginning or in the beginning, I was essentially you know, supporting my wife uh, as she launched yeah. this new thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but then on the flip side is, yeah, you can save yourself a lot. Of, uh, you can save yourself a lot of grief by, uh, by researching that, but no one has a crystal ball, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's tough, tough. So there's no magic bullet, right? You kind of just have to do it and you work at it and, you know, eventually it'll come, but there's not, you're not going to get somebody before you've started to say like, oh yeah, you've you've solved it all it'll work out for you (laughs) cool well um, again for anyone listening uh, bluekicks.com that's b-l-u-k-i-c-k-s dot com great brand awesome products and um uh, really, um, great story as well, uh, Will. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. And uh, uh, thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. For more insights on building a seven-figure product brand, including free downloadable training material, visit IndieBrandBuilder.com. 